So hello and welcome to our show. I'm your host, D. Ray Freeman, and my goal is to bring you the tools and insights from leading experts around the globe that'll help you achieve both business and personal goals faster. Now, today's topic is beneficial for both organizational leaders and the coaches and consultants who work with them. We're going to talk about the missing element of transformation and examine some key ways to accelerate the adoption of new work processes, increase employee engagement, and just overall to create a sustainable leadership culture in your environment. My special guest today is Joanne Trotta, and she is the founder and managing partner of Leaders Edge. Now, this is an organizational performance and leadership development firm that's located in Toronto, Canada. With more than 20 years experience of creating positive change in business, Joanne brings a dynamic passion for people and a wealth of knowledge on organizational culture. Now, Joanne shares her gifts with the world through a combination of training, consulting, coaching, even workshops for medium to large companies. Joanne has traveled the globe serving important clientele in energy, finance, technology, and healthcare. Joanne's a proven leader with a track record for success in building solid relationships, life-lasting relationships, and also someone who's just become a great friend of mine through the times that we've spoke together and talked about these things. We have a lot in common that we have passion for. So Joanne, thank you so much for being here today. I'm, I'm so glad to be speaking with you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Ray. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure to be here. Very cool. So um, as I mentioned, you're in Canada. I am in Los Angeles. And of, of course, the one thing that's been impacting us all, no matter where you are, is, is COVID. We've all been dealing with, with COVID. Um, there's, there's so many changes and things that we've had to deal with here in Los Angeles. How has things been for you in your area in dealing with COVID and, and just getting through this overall pandemic? Thank you for asking. Thankfully, and you know, very blessed that it has not impacted me personally. However, as you know, as everybody on the planet knows, it's changed the way we live. So I just take it day by day, moment by moment, focus on the positive, have lots of hope, and we just got to keep moving forward. Most definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's not much we can do besides, you know, try to follow the rules, stay safe, stay six feet apart, those kind of things. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been a change. You know, before this, you and I both, we were probably traveling, going to different airports and different cities and states over and over throughout the year. But this has changed. So now we're, we're at home, we're working remotely. What are some of the things that you've brought in that have, have changed the way that you impact people remotely, different from what you were doing with them in person? So what's different about what I was doing pre-COVID yeah. and what I'm doing now? I mean, it's, it's interesting. I get asked this question a lot. How do you create human connection virtually? And it starts by using technology. We need to see each other. We need to use the camera. What I miss the most is that human connection, that in-person, eye-to-eye contact, intense conversation. However, we can still achieve that. We can't allow the distance between us to create and break down our relationships. We've got to leverage technology to, to maintain that, that human connection. Because mm -hmm. if I can't see you, I can't, how can I have empathy? I can't, 
I'm not seeing your body language. I'm not feeling your energy through the airwaves. It's important that we continue to do this as much as possible, even though we're all Zoom fatigued. It's the only way we can connect. Definitely, I totally agree. Joanne, you you have a, a you know quite an impressive background ac- across several different industries, but your particular focus with your company is on leaders. So I'm just wondering, what what is it that made leadership a part of your primary focus? Great question. And what made leadership part of my primary focus? When I look back at my life and everything that I decided to do as I was going through school and post getting my um, university degree. It was all about people and it was always about either stepping into like a team lead position or a leadership position. I aspired to do that and I did that at a very early age. And then when I got into corporate, I just naturally gravitated to want to help people and support people and coach people, kind of be be at the front of the room, take charge to help move the organization and teams forward. And I ended up spending my entire career in corporate leading large teams. Mm -hmm. That's really, that's my passion. That's where I got the most satisfaction in corporate. So I decided to take that out on the road and start my own practice about nine years ago. Amazing. Amazing. You know, a, a lot of that is transforming the way people work and transforming the way businesses do business. You know, my my company, we're we're into a lot of that as well. I do some research and I was noticing that there's a, a Gardner research that's out there that, that mentions that most companies underinvest in their transformations and, and they tend to invest in things that they they see as what's most important in a transformation and maybe missing some things, especially when budgets get tight and companies are, are focusing on just the basics, just the new process or just training on that process. But even in, in my work, I've noticed that that can create a critical gap, a critical gap in the transformation. In your experience, I'd like to discuss with you a little bit about what are some of the missing elements of a transformation that may go missing, especially when budgets get tight and companies tend to forget about certain things and focus on others. One of the main elements that I see that's missing, that creates this gap, that creates this challenge for positive forward moving change is really about leveraging a combination of what I would call hard and soft skills. So let me paint a picture for you. When I talk about hard skills, most organizations do this well. They have a vision, they have a strategy, and they're more than capable of pulling together a plan. That really is never really the issue. They they pull together all the detail that they need to execute either a big IT transformation, culture shift, whatever it might be. Where we often fall short is on the soft skills side. Hard skills come from the head, strategy, vision, the detailed plan. Soft skills come from the heart. And when I talk about heart-driven skills, I'm talking about empathy, having the compassion to be able to connect with others and really tune into how are they handling this change? How are they going to handle this new process? And to be able to support them through that change that's required, both the um, change in process, right? The change in thinking that's required to move teams forward. Mm -hmm. What brings 
the hard and the soft skills together, it really comes down to effective communication. And I'm not talking about writing out a plan. That's the easy part. I'm talking about verbal communication, the ability to connect with people, the ability to tune into how they're feeling, to explain the plan and get their feedback, involve them in that. It's a two-way street. It can't be top-down driven. We need to be as inclusive as possible. Part of being an effective communicator is also being an active listener, which means asking the right questions, stop talking, give your people the opportunity to share their feedback. It's easy to dictate and share a vision, but for transformation to happen, people need to be bought into that. That's where most organizations fall short, which is why on average, and we know what the statistics are, you know what the statistics are, on average, 70% of large transformational projects fail. And that's often the key missing element is the component that I've just described. Very good. Now, there's a lot of uh, people in organizations that may say, you know what, that stuff is too touchy feely. And then that's that's this uh, psycho babble mumbo jumbo. I'm more concerned with hard hitting facts and details. How do you deal with those mindsets who, who may not see these things, these uh, soft skills as being important, but want to focus their attention on other things? How do you deal with that, that mindset of, of changing that dynamic? Great question. How do you deal with that, changing that dynamic? I actually leverage the data points to help show them and prove to them, this is where you're falling short. As an example, I'll ask, show me what your employee engagement results look like. And they're typically not very good, not very strong, which tells the story around, are you communicating in the right way, in the most effective way? Are you being as inclusive and collaborative as you need to be? Or are you taking it more from a traditional top-down command control style of leadership, which we do not want that in today's modern organizations. That doesn't have a place anymore. It worked many years ago, but it isn't going to work today. So it's using and showing them how their own bottom line results are being negatively impacted as a result of the lack of soft skills which is why most leadership development companies like mine and many others that are out there, we don't focus as much on the hard skills. We're focusing on the soft skills because that's where people are falling short. I want to switch gears a little bit. We want to talk a little bit about increasing employee engagement especially in today's work environment where most people just like us are are working remotely. And it's becoming increasingly difficult to keep folks engaged and motivated. Many of our audience members who are maybe listening to this program are leaders of large organizations. What advice could you give to a leader who may be struggling to to create that leadership culture that does cascade from top down but but it's, it doesn't lose momentum as it reaches the lower levels of the organization. Some simplistic advice that I would offer to answer your question is leadership, the leaders in the organization have to be modeling the right behaviors. And it comes back to what I said earlier about leveraging both the hard and soft skills and knowing when to be empathetic, knowing when to be more of the visionary and painting a picture for people and then knowing when to kind of tune in and have a deeper conversation because somebody might be struggling or they might not understand. 
it really comes down to the human connection that we don't often talk about enough in organizations. It's all about people after all. And we all know that everyone has it in their vision or their mission statement or their values. But is it really coming to life behaviorally inside of organizations, whether that's virtual or in person? Part of how we overcome that is creating a coaching culture. We need to have that two-way dialogue. We need to be supporting our people. We need to be asking them what we can do to set them up for success. It needs to be two-way communication. Here's a factoid that will blow your mind. Organizations that are super successful at creating engagement, they're high performing, create, intentionally create coaching cultures. They outperform other organizations as it relates to employee engagement by about 39%. That is not a small number. It has a significant impact on your bottom line and overall performance. And coaching, when, we're, when we talk about what are we coaching them on, it's about coaching them to have a growth mindset, to really approach things more from an agile perspective and to really practice you know, positive thinking and being part of that change is how we're uh, gonna overcome some of those challenge, challenges and move, move teams and companies forward. Very good. You know, a key word that kept coming up in that discussion was culture. And we talk about culture a lot in, in our different environments. And you know, one of the key reasons for my bringing up culture all the time is that it's a key reason for failure of, of agile projects. And the projects that we work with of bringing out agile, when we look at what are some of the key reasons that makes them fail, it's culture. And, and in fact, there's a study that's done every year. It's, it's by a software maker called Version 1. They put out this state of agile report. And one of the key questions it asks is, just like you mentioned, um, what are the leading causes of failure in agile or, or transformation projects? And the past 14 years in a row, culture, culture has topped the list. Um, either some type of, of discrepancy with the current culture or it's not able to evolve and adapt. Um, why is culture so important when we talk about creating a sustainable leadership culture? Um, you know, why does that word culture keep coming up? Thank you for sharing that. And then I would agree. Culture is everything. And cultures are defined by how the leaders top down are showing up inside their organizations, how they're leading, right? Are they, are they endorsing two-way open communication or are they practicing old school styles of leadership, which really aren't effective with today's workforce? When we talk about culture, communication is such a foundational pillar or element of setting up, uh, setting up a team or an organization for success. You heard me talk about earlier, we need to share what the vision is, what the strategy is, all of that. People need to understand that. I'm going to take that a step further. If you want to create and sustain a leadership culture or a coaching culture, which kind of go hand in hand, it starts by creating what I would call emotional connectedness. Emotional connectedness is very similar to the old cliche, with them, what's in it for me? Except we take it a step further by explaining how do your individual roles, how do all the roles of the people on your team contribute to that bigger picture? How do their roles add value to the bottom line? In absence of that 
jobs become very transactional. There isn't the, the desire to do more or be better or be more engaged is somewhat limited if they feel like they're just a number inside of a company. Hence why I talk a lot about how are you as leaders creating emotional connectedness? That's where engagement comes from. That's where these positive, high-performing leadership-based cultures come from. In absence of that, it's just a job. And that is not you know, satisfying for anybody. It also starts, and you heard me, I started with this comment and I'm gonna end with this comment, which is the leaders need to be modeling the right behaviors. If there's inconsistent, inconsistent messages, top down, bottom up, through mid managers or leaders, that's gonna create a lot of confusion. The message needs to be consistent, bottom up, top down. That makes sense, that makes sense. You know, a lot of leaders, they got that position not necessarily because of their ability to be leaders, but sometimes because they were doing so good at a particular job that they were promoted to leadership. And, and now they're in a leadership position without necessarily the tools of being a leader. And we've noticed, and even in, in my type of work, I've noticed that that can create a command and control environment because now that leader feels like I'm in a position of control and, and people should be listening to my commands that I'm giving them of what they should be doing. And, and they get in their mind that that's leadership. But then when we come in and start to try to work with the organization, the true desire is not to have command and control, but they actually want to have autonomy of work and have, have people to, to have autonomy in what the, the choice of work that they do, how they do it, when they do it, and, and to be able to deliver it in that way. How do you overcome those command and control environments and, and invite a sense of autonomy into a work environment? That command control style of leadership that you're talking about, as you heard me say earlier, has no place in business today. People will leave. Nobody wants to work for a command control style leader. People don't want to be told what to do. They want to be supported. They want, to, they want the freedom to be able to perform at their best. As leaders... Remember the old cliche, right? Our jobs are to help teach people how to fish, not continuously fish for them. There's no learning in that. They're, we're not creating independence. We're creating dependencies on us. And I often see that. And that, that comes from a place of fear. That comes from a place of I need to control because that's what they were used to doing as an individual contributor. When you step into leadership, the game changes. It's not about you anymore. It's about helping others succeed. And when individuals go through that shift from moving from an individual contributor into a leadership position, they need to understand that it isn't about them anymore. So how are they going to model the right behaviors to help create a safe space for others to think at their best? You want the diversity of thought. You want that. That's what creates innovation in the workplaces. Big companies especially those in highly regulated industries, they tend to have a lot of oversight built into their work processes. Now, this can make things rigid and, and often promotes the perceived need for a command and control environment. But we know that's not necessarily the case. Um, what are some tips that you can give to a leader to inspire autonomy and creativity while still adhering to those compliance and mandated regulations. So a couple of tips, Ray, that I would offer to strike that right balance between thinking outside of the box and still being compliant. Um, it starts 
tip number one would be shift the lens. It isn't just solely about focusing internally and what the impact is to your organization, et cetera. You need to find that right balance between internal and an external and client-facing perspective in order to be more balanced in your approach. In addition to that, I would advocate start changing your language. Start making it more about the customer and your employees and that overall experience not only will you find ways to be more effective as an organization, you will remain compliant, but you will also create a positive employee experience, which will ultimately create a positive client experience. You said something, and I'm going to elaborate on your comment about reducing this rigidity in a regulated environment. It's really tough when you're working in a highly regulated environment that requires a lot of compliance. Remember, and we talked about this earlier, we need to be agile, we need to be flexible in our approach to stay competitive and strike the right balance to make sure that we're compliant and we're following all the rules. It's about how do I, how do we continue to be agile, but have the ability to pivot when necessary to meet either market demands or to meet regulatory requirements. It's that mindset to remain agile and nimble in order to continue to move organizations forward. Most definitely. Good, good advice. Good advice. I'm also looking for some advice for the new leaders because 2021 has birthed a new group of leaders who are ready to tackle the world's challenges. And <laughs> we all know that we have plenty of challenges for them to tackle right now. So in order to have good leadership and those new young leaders who are coming out the gate right now, what advice can you give to motivate and inspire that new group of leaders who are ready to tackle the world right now? So some advice that I would offer to some new leaders that are, are ready to tackle the world in this new way of working. Remember that it's about people first. People first. It is all about people. And I made this comment earlier, if you are not genuinely interested in helping others succeed, because it isn't only about your success anymore, then perhaps leadership isn't for you. It's also about how do I stop the doing and, and focus on the supporting, be there for your people, be accessible, you know, coach them, talk through things. You don't have to have all the answers. It's also about some additional soft skills that I didn't mention earlier. I know I mentioned um, empathy and compassion, but it's also about being vulnerable. It's also about being authentic and willing to say, I don't have all the answers and work together with your people to come up with solutions. You don't have to be the expert anymore, right? That's the big pivotal shift that I think most people struggle with is they wanna be that SME, they wanna be the go-to person not realizing that that's not your job anymore. That's what your team is for. It really does require this mindset shift to go from how do I move from individual contributor to now leader or manager of a group of people? That's such a great thing you just said there. That vulnerability is so difficult, especially in corporate environments, because people don't want to say that they don't know. No one wants to come across as being incompetent when you're a professional in a position. And People may not feel safe to say those things. For those new leaders, how, how could you give them some uh, insight on having psychological safety to be able to not just be bold and, and speak up, but to be vulnerable? 
and, and willing to say that I don't understand or I need help. I, I love what you just said around how do you create that psychological safety? How do you, how do you actually be more vulnerable? And it's funny because I was talking about this earlier today with a group of people. A great way to overcome that and to create that safe space is to have an open conversation around here's here are my expectations of you. What are your expectations of me? To really understand how we like to work, either one-to-one or one-to-many, and just have that open conversation. What do you need to really thrive? What do you need to perform at your best? As your leader, what can I do to best support you? Your people will tell you. You just need to stop talking and listen to what they have to say. And it does take courage to be vulnerable. But understand, vulnerability creates human connection. That's where empathy comes in. It's like, oh, wow, you get me or I get you. That's what creates deep, meaningful relationships. And that's what creates engagement that ultimately drives performance. Very good. Joanne, you you're a rock star. You have all kind of great things that you're you're doing and impacting your community and impacting the world with the the, the things that you're teaching people. What's next for you in in 2021? What are some of the things that you're going to be focusing on this year and forward? So some of the things that we're going to continue to focus on this year, we're going to continue to promote and create workshops that inspire the software side of leadership. You heard me talk a lot about that in our discussion today, but that's what's missing in this world. The empathy, the compassion, the vulnerability is what we need. And you're not just hearing it from me, go out and do your research. All the big players that talk about leadership are saying the same thing. So these are, these, this is a real must focus on thing for all organizations this year. In addition to that, and we're going to continue to leverage our strength-based leadership approach in everything that we do, with the assessment tools that we promote, with the workshops that we offer. Lastly, another big area of focus is going to be on mindset shift. How do we create that agile mindset, frontline right up to executive level inside of organizations? Because that's what helps create high-performing teams and organizations. Awesome. Well, you, you've got a lot coming up on your plate and I'm, I'm excited to be on this similar journey of going and changing the way people think and, and helping to bring about new and, and prosperous things in our, our future. So I wish you the best of success and um, hopefully we'll be able to cause that impact together in some way in, the, in our future. Joanne, thank you so much for joining me. We've learned so much about leadership and about the things that we can do to impact the softer side of leadership and to bring in those skills that are, are necessary for people to, to really thrive and prosper in 2021 and beyond. So thank you so much for bringing that information to us today. Thank you so much, Ray, for the opportunity to be here. Awesome. And to our audience, thank you so much for listening. If this conversation has inspired you today, hit the subscribe button. We'd love to hear from you you can write us a review. If it has helped you, maybe it'll help someone you know. So be sure to pass this along to people who think just like you, because the more people who hear this message, the more we can create a more thriving culture. I'm D. Ray Freeman. Thank you so much for joining us. And Joanne, thank you for being here as our guest. Have a great evening. Have a great day. Come back to see us again. <music>